ஒன்பது If you have to spend in sajda, making shukar for this ni'mat, for this bounty and great, great gift of Allah Ta'ala, we cannot fulfill one iota of the shukar that's required. But unfortunately, this is often taken for granted. It is regarded as something that we perhaps deserved, that we are entitled to it, that we have some kind of right that this must be with us whereas this is purely the grace of Allah Taala. it is his bounty his gift and had it not been for Allah Taala's grace and mercy Allah Taala alone knows where we would have been we would not have been today in the house of Allah Taala, taking the name of Allah Taala. there are many people out there in the world who have much more than we can imagine in terms of the things of dunya, whether it is the material things, whether it is the intelligence of dunya, whereas that doesn't really mean anything much. Allah Ta'ala mentions this in the Quran Sharif also, يَعْلَمُونَ ظَاهِرًا مِنَ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَهُمْ عَنِ الْآخِرَةِ هُمْ غَافِلُونَ That there are many, يَعْلَمُونَ ظَاهِرًا مِنَ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا The things, the apparent things of dunya, they know a lot. They know how to take a rocket onto the moon. And they can produce all the fascinating technology and all the other various things that put people into a real amazement. But if this doesn't help a person to get closer to Allah Ta'ala, then what use it is when the real things count? On the day of Qiyamah, on that day it won't be of any benefit to a person that he invented some amazing invention in dunya or he went to the moon or he did this and that in terms of dunya all that will not even be even brought up into the equation there won't be any mention like it like it never existed on the day of Qiyamah none of these things will be of any avail to any person so the intelligence of dunya if it doesn't take a person beyond that and it doesn't make him recognize Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, then the intelligence of dunya alone is of no use. يَعْلَمُونَ ظَاهِرًا مِّنَ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَهُمْ عَنِ الْآخِرَةِ هُمْ غَافِلُونَ Allah Ta'ala says, but they are heedless about the hereafter, so what's the benefit of it? So, there are those who have this intelligence of dunya, they have the material possessions, they have the technology, they have all the resources, but if they are without iman, then they are not even like living. 
because in the hadith sharif nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says the person who remembers allah tabaraka wa ta'ala compared to the person who is unmindful of the remembrance of allah ta'ala he doesn't remember allah ta'ala the example of these two people nabi sallallahu alaihi says the person who remembers allah ta'ala like a living person the person who is without Allah Ta'ala's remembrance is like a dead person. So while every human being, we will have the respect for insaniyat in our hearts for every human being and we will treat every human being with compassion, with kindness. It can be anybody, he might be the worst atheist also, if he is dying of starvation and we feed him, we will get rewarded for him. What happens to him if he dies in that condition that is between him and Allah Ta'ala, that he is doomed to destruction. But while he is living, we will get rewarded for feeding him. But, when a person is devoid of Iman, he is devoid of the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi says that he is like a dead person. So a dead person, nobody gets amazed at a dead person. Nobody gets fascinated with a dead person. Dead person is dead. So there is nothing to get fascinated about the dead walking people in dunya. People who are dead spiritually, their hearts are dead. They might have some amazing things which dunya regards as amazing. But in the sight of Allah Ta'ala it means nothing. The sight of Allah Ta'ala, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi says, That if this entire universe this whole world, if it had that much of worth in the sight of Allah Ta'ala, equivalent to the wing of a mosquito. If it had that much of worth in the sight of Allah Ta'ala, equivalent to the wing of a mosquito, then Allah Ta'ala would not have even given one sip of water to a disbeliever. Because now this is such a valuable thing, how can this person be given when he is rejecting Allah Ta'ala? But the world doesn't even have that amount of value in the sight of Allah Ta'ala. Only that dunya is valuable which a person has passed on to the akhirat. So in any case, what the point is that the value is of Iman. The value is of the wealth of Iman. Minus this wealth of Iman is valueless. Everything is valueless. No matter what a person might have, or what he might be, or what position he might occupy, or what number of degrees he might have, how many PhDs he might have to his name, it's all worthless. All means nothing in the sight of Allah Ta'ala. Now this is what we have to bring deep down in our hearts, the value of this Iman. When this value of Iman comes in the heart, then a person will be conscious of the wealth Allah Ta'ala has blessed him. When a person knows the value of that wealth, then he will take steps to protect it. When a person doesn't have the value of it, doesn't matter to him. Whether he has it, he loses it in Auzubillah. Shaykh Saadi Rahmatullah he gives one incident when he was a little child. So his mother gave him a ring, very valuable ring. So he put it on his hand, now he's a small little child. So he went out, and when he went out, somebody saw this ring on his hand, this little child got this very valuable ring. He doesn't know the value of it, obviously, he's a young child. 
So that person brought something sweet and he told him, taste this. So he tasted a bit of it. So he taste this ring you have. Lick the ring. So he licked the ring. He said, what tastes better? He said, oh, that food tastes better. So, okay, I'll give you the food, you give me the ring. Very good. MashaAllah, what a wonderful bargain. That this beautiful tasting sweet meat or whatever it was, I will have that in exchange of this tasteless ring. So he gave away that ring. Now when age came, and when understanding came, now he realized what a foolish thing he did. Now this is a parable, it's an example. This is what we do in dunya, unfortunately. We barter away our deen for dunya. Because the dunya sounds sweet, feels sweet. But for deen there are some sacrifices now. But later on that sweetness of it will be realized. So for now, a person gets caught up in that temptation of dunya, in that temptation of nafs and shaitan, and a person falls headlong into those things, and as a result, Allah forbid, even loses his iman sometimes. So this is the most important need that we have, to understand the value of this iman. Everything hinges on it. Minus his iman and everything is gone. person is then in perpetual doom in the akhirat. So all the things that have been given to us in the Qur'an Sharif, in the Ahadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in the Mubarak Sunnah, all this is meant to give us this protection of Iman. That by practicing on the teachings of the Qur'an and Sunnah, by remaining steadfast on this, this very Iman will be protected. The Iman will be enhanced. The Iman will be boosted. And a person will stay onto the path of Deen and Inshallah, leave on that Iman and be raised on the day of Qiyamah with that Iman as well. So among the many many advices that Rasulullah gave which are all towards the same end that how to make us understand how to protect this Iman how to enhance it. So on one occasion Rasulullah mentioned several aspects mentioned Thalasum Muhlikat there are three things which totally destroy it. Now, what is being said? Look, this Iman is your most valuable possession. There are three things which are extremely destructive. So you want to be very careful about this. Otherwise it will affect that Iman. And when this continues, Allah forbid that Iman could totally get destroyed over time. Salasum muhlikat. And then Salasum munjiyat. There are three things which are a very effective means of salvation. Now these are certain highlights. It's not that everything is included in these few aspects that are mentioned here alone. But if a person really takes care of these aspects, then other things become very easy to start doing, to staying away from. These are principles actually. And then further Nabi Islam says, Salasun kafarat, that insan is insan, he might make some mistake somewhere, slip up somewhere. There are three things which are kafarat, which become a means of compensation of his sins. And wasalasun darajat, there are three things which greatly elevate his position and status. Everybody is all the time concerned, how can I keep getting an upgrade? 
at getting a promotion. So, Nabi Sallallahu is saying, there's the way to get that promotion. Here's the way to protect yourself from the destruction, to gain the salvation, to gain the compensation from sin, and also to get that pro- promotion. So this goes through the aspects that have been mentioned in this Hadith Sharif very briefly. The three things Nabi Islam says, Muhlikat. These are things that are very destructive. What are these three things? The first thing, Shuhun Muta'un. Number two, Wahawan Muttaba'un. And the third aspect, Wa'i'jabul Mar'i bi Nafsi. Shuhun Muta'a the greed with which, to which a person succumbs. There is this greed that inside insan, except the person who has truly made an effort to rid that heart of that greed. So it is a greed within him. And when a person succumbs, will be this greed. Many a times a person gets involved in certain sins, whether it is some fraud, whether it is some other kind of sin of that nature. Sometimes a person gets involved in certain sins of lust, which is linked to the next aspect as well, wahawan muttaba'un. The desires that get followed, meaning the haram desires, it's all linked up. So where the root of it is, the same, greed. A person is married, but now he's still looking somewhere else. This is the greed. So now he is just not satisfied with whatever he has. Because when there is greed, there is never contentment. These two things are opposites. It's either greed or contentment. If the person has truly developed contentment and qana'at, then the greed will go. But now if there is no qana'at, the greed will be there. So the greed is there, there will never be satisfaction. There will never be satisfaction. There will never be an end to that hunger that a person of that hunger of the greed. The hunger of the belly will get filled, but the hunger of the greed won't get full. That's why a person will overeat also. Because his stomach got full, but as they say, his eyes didn't get full. His eyes don't get full. So now the more he sees, the more he wants to carry on. So like that, his eyes see things around, and anything and everything he sees, he wants. And if he can't have it, the correct way, then he must have it the incorrect way. And if he can't have it anyway, then his heart and mind is all the time engaged in that. And if I had this, or I had that, whether it is in terms of material things, whether it is in terms of some other haram, now he is fantasizing and imagining and whatnot. All this stems from the same lust and from this greed. Can we imagine Nabi Islam is saying three things are extremely destructive. And how concise is this? Shuhun muta'un. That greed that a person succumbs to. So many things, there's no time to go into the details of it. There's so many important things mentioned in this Hadith Sharif. We just want to touch on all this. But if we truly ponder over this, a person misses his salah, for example, at this time of the year, when suddenly everything is at its peak in terms of business, etc. So many a person misses his salah, why? 
That must carry on now. You can't allow this to stop. So now, if you allow it to stop, then it might be, we lose out. So who is the provider? Who is the sustainer? Where does risk come from? But the greed makes a person forget all this. The greed makes a person forget where, Allah, where the sustenance is coming from. Allah alone is the provider. So the ibadat gets affected with the greed. A person's akhlaq gets affected because of the greed. So the shuhur muta'un. Wahawan muttaba'un. And the evil desires that a person follows. Whatever desire came into his heart, doesn't matter whether this is within the limits of shariat or whether it's outside, he just goes headlong into that desire. And that one desire will take him to the second. There's no end to it. He starts seeing some things first on the phone, which appear that, okay, this, this one is, it may be not too good, but it's not too bad either. It's like a borderline thing. So that shaitan's way of taking a person one step at a time also. Shaitan doesn't come just headlong one time and tell the person to commit the worst sin. No, no, shaitan is also a very shrewd and very crafty fellow. Like that fisherman also, he puts a bait very far away from where he's standing. And then he slowly reels in. He doesn't show the frying pan first. Frying pan is out of sight. And the fire under the frying pan and the boiling oil inside, all that is out of sight. So shaitan is reeling from far away. So now things which seem, okay, is not too good, but it's fine. It's on the border, so it's okay. But now when a person gets to the border, then he falls over the border. Then he crosses the line. But this is wahawan muttaba'un. One desire will lead to the next. It is like the salty water of the ocean. The salty water of the ocean, a thirsty person drinks that water, it will only add to his thirst. If a person is thirsty and he drinks salty water, that salty water will only add to the thirst. He can go on drinking the whole ocean if it is possible, but his thirst won't get quenched. He'll feel some maybe a little bit of coolness on his tongue for that moment that he touches it. But as it starts rolling down, it already increases the thirst. So giving in to this haram desires, one thing will lead to another. And from looking at things on screens, he'll want to look at it live. And then he'll be looking for places to go to. And Allah forbid from one thing to the other, Shaitan is gradually dragging the person towards that frying pan. And then at the eleventh hour, then Shaitan drops him. By exposing him, by bringing out, putting it in other people's minds and hearts, where is this person gone to? So especially this time of the year when the fitnas abound from every direction and when nafs and shaitan are at their peak, this is the time to be even more cautious and to stay far away from such environments which incite such kind of desires which incite this greed. Stay far away from it. Everybody is just going in one direction, so now we also have to be there, we also have to be in the midst of all that nudity and all the vice and sin and still behave very, very pious in the middle of it all. Like we are insulated, nothing happens to us, 
we cannot be affected by anything. But this is fooling ourselves, we can't fool anybody else. And really we can't fool ourselves also, we know duty. So these are the two things Nabi Salaam says are destructive. And the third thing, A person thinking good of himself. I am somebody, I am something, I have done, I can do. That I, me, having some good thinking about oneself very greatly, I am somebody, this is a very destructive thing. So as soon as this starts growing within a person, then the next thing is that if he is somebody, then others are nobody. Then from Ujb, then the next step is Kibar also. He'll start looking down upon others. On the one side he is somebody, and then simultaneously others are nobody. Then it doesn't matter who he treats, how he treats them, who he looks down upon, who he mocks and jeers at. And all these are major sins, major sins, destructive sins. They really destroy that nur of Iman. This is where the whole aspect commences. The protection of this Iman. When a person has that consciousness of how valuable this Iman is. And what is going to affect this Iman negatively? What is going to destroy the nur of this Iman? And you will be very, very cautious about those things. I can't afford to get involved in this. I can't afford to allow my tongue to say things that are going to affect this nur of Iman. I can't afford my eyes to look at things that are going to destroy the nur of Iman. I can't listen to things that are going to affect this Iman. I can't put myself in those environments which are going to negatively impact on this Iman. So, I'ajabul mar'i bi nafsi. A person thinking greatly about himself. I am somebody, I am something. People must look up to me and nobody must cross the line in terms of what I want, how I want it. People must be at my beck and call. That is a very destructive element. Nabi Salaam is giving us this in the Hadith Sharif. It destroys this nur of Iman and these things all compounded over time. Allah forbid can uproot the Iman too. So this was the first aspect that Nabi Salaam mentioned, Salasum Muhlikat. There are three things which totally destroy, they are destructive. And then Salasum Munjiyat. Three things which become a means of salvation. The first thing Nabi Salaam mentions, Al-Adlu Fir Riba Wal Ghadab. That a person maintaining justice at all times, whether he is happy or whether he is angry, but he is just. Many a times when a person is happy, then he'll put somebody on the moon. And if he's angry, then he'll put him below the seven earths. Then he won't leave anything, he'll then go way beyond the limits. He'll abuse the person, abuse his family, his whole forefathers of how many generations and how many generations still to come also. He'll sue everybody. Is this the adal that a Muslim should have? Nabi Islam is saying, well, adal fir reda wal ghadab. Person is happy also, then to his just. Fine, he wants to do something better for somebody, all the no problem with that. But the main point is the other side of it. Because when a person is happy, he is very good to everyone. Whoever he is happy with. But when he is unhappy, there is a problem with someone. 
whatever the nature of the problem might be but he doesn't allow the line of justice to be crossed he's still fair he's just it might be an employee it might be some person is doing some transaction with it might be somebody in the house it might be his wife it might be his children it might be his parents whoever it might be it might be the neighbor there's some issue sometimes but that issue doesn't allow his sense of justice to get blurred he remains just in the quran sharif allah tara says that be just even if it is walaw ala anfusikum if you have to give testimony against yourself because that's what justice requires do it if you have to give testimony against your own parents because that is what the demand of justice is do it but be just don't be unjust whether it is walidain or aqrabin some family member whoever it might be somebody close somebody near and dear but justice requires that the truth be said and whoever is the rightful party then that be given to him you must do it so many a times anger then blurs this sense of justice when the anger comes now person wants to score points then the justice just goes by the way to score points he'll run a person down make up some story against somebody exaggerate something against someone there was a problem the problem was there that was a reality but in relating it he'll add another five things to it to spice it up because now this is an opportunity to really now get some revenge so when anger comes then a person doesn't see what's right and wrong now he just wants to vent that anger and as a result the justice just goes out so there are very very testing situations sometimes very challenging situations but in all those situations mu'min must maintain his justice it's not who is in front of me what the situation is no nothing of that sort what is the demands of justice this is what deen is asking us to do and all conditions this must be maintained then the second thing nabi islam mentions that will give a person the salvation wal qastu fil ghina wal faqr moderation whether in prosperity or poverty but moderation sometimes a person is in poverty then too there's a lack of moderation he can afford only so much but now because there's so many things around so now somehow that also has to come so now the person is borrowing from the one is basic needs that's a separate issue that a person for his very basic need that to borrow something that's understood but for luxuries for things that are not a basic necessity things that he can do without but now this i also have to enjoy what somebody else is enjoying so therefore now i need to borrow from someone now after borrowing from the person i can't pay the person on time i can't pay the person on time now so i have to make some story up and duck and dive and then some other way to try and now just deceive the person and run away with it one thing leads to another so the thing that is being told to us is that it appears outwardly that it's a matter of just how you deal with your money no no it's not confined to that it's what then leads up from that now the person didn't observe moderation 
now is causing injustice because now he is doing something which now shouldn't be done he is now giving somebody taklif he is not paying them on time then on top of that he is now lying he is now making some exaggerated stories now one thing led to another led to a third thing outwardly it seemed moderation just meant how you, how you deal with your finances but what a deep lesson this is that when moderation will not be maintained then it will lead to problems and those problems will lead to problems that will affect a person's iman because now he's going to lie, he's going to deceive he's going to make all kinds of other stories etc one thing will lead to another so وَالْقَصْتُ فِي الْغِنَى وَالْفَقْرِ whether in poverty, whether in prosperity that it doesn't mean now that a person has something extra that he just does just willy nilly whatever he wants with it no Allah Ta'ala has made it permissible for him to enjoy the halal ni'mat but with moderation now the person starts doing things in such a way that that becomes a problem now to sustain that he can't manage that so now somehow or the other he has to sustain it because he's put it up on that level and it can't always remain on that level so now on that level he's put himself he can't take one step back so now to sustain that lifestyle so now he has to do the same things again borrow from here do this and that and the other and as a result now puts himself into so many difficulties and then to cover up for that there's so many things that are then sinful that are done so outwardly it sounds a very simple thing but how deep it is the first aspect was justice whether in happiness or in anger that anger is sometimes very hidden in the heart that malice whatever is some dirt in the heart against somebody now it brings out certain things it makes a person say certain things act in certain ways which don't conform to the adal that is required that anger but is deep down in the heart that malice is deep down and likewise this aspect of moderation that moderation in all conditions and the third aspect that Nabi Islam mentions وَخَشَّتُ اللَّهِ فِي السِّرِّ وَالْعَلَانِيَةِ person keeps these two things in place the first two things it will keep his dunya in order as well and his deen also and this is also his dunya and akhirat everything is included in this وَخَشَّتُ اللَّهِ فِي السِّرِّ وَالْعَلَانِيَةِ fearing Allah Taala, whether in solitude whether in person is alone somewhere or whether he is in public wherever he might be the fear of Allah Allah is watching Allah Ta'ala is aware there is nothing that I can do where I can hide from Allah Ta'ala and do it whatever I am doing Allah is aware of it so this consciousness of Allah to the extent this consciousness is developed to that extent the obedience of Allah Ta'ala will come this is that consciousness that is required at every step of our life فِي alania in solitude or in public not only in public whoever my person might be he's alone but Allah is with him Allah is watching the angels are also recording so if a person keeps this in mind all the time develops this in his heart is conscious of Allah wa ta'ala then inshallah he will be able to stay far away from the sins from what Allah Ta'ala is forbidden then the three things Nabi Islam says وَثَلَاثٌ kafarat. three things they become a means of a person's sins getting forgiven 
What are these things that become a means? The first thing, intizarus salati ba'da salah. That awaiting the second salah after the first. Person performed Isha salah, he's already awaiting Fajr. When he goes home, he is now putting his alarm on. He's making sure everything is on time. He is, that concern is in his heart. He is conscious about it, that I mustn't miss my salah. I mustn't get there late. He's preparing for it in advance. He's finished his fajr. He's now already concerned about his zohar. He's finished his zohar. He's concerned about his asar. And likewise maghrib. And then isha again. The person who is awaiting one salah after the other. One waiting is a person is sitting in the masjid. He's waiting for one salah after the other. That's not going to be always possible. But wherever a person is, his heart is still conscious of that salah. The time is looking from time to time. He's reminding himself. He's got some reminders that is in his mind and heart. Intezaru salati ba'da salah. Wa isbahul wudu'i ala sabarat. Performing a proper wudu despite the difficulty sometimes. It's a very cold day and there's no hot water, cold water and the cold day becomes a challenging thing sometimes. But he still performs a proper wudu. Not cutting corners, fulfilling the sunnah properly. This becomes a means of tremendously clearing out all a person's sins, whatever wrongs that might have happened, this becomes a kafara for it. And wanaqlul aqdami ilal jama'at walking towards the house of Allah Ta'ala for the salah. He is whatever number of steps he's taking, maybe the masjid is far, he will drive down to the point where he has to park. But the point is he's going to the house of Allah Ta'ala. That steps that he's taking every step becomes a means of the forgiveness of sins and the person who performs his wudu at home and then walks to the masjid upon every step one sin gets forgiven one uh, virtue gets written for him and one status of his gets raised in the akhirat on every step and Allah Ta'ala's mercy is such on every good deed is multiplied ten times and that too is not the limit how much of sincerity how much of feeling and how much of his heart and soul is in that amal accordingly Allah Ta'ala raises that rank of it and gives him so much more benefits so this going to the masjid regularly on time preparing and planning ourselves in advance that I mustn't miss my salah with jama'ah so these were the th- things that Nabi Islam says is kafarat and then the three things Nabi Islam says is darajat that will tremendously elevate a person's position. Outwardly these things seem very very basic, but Allah Ta'ala has placed such effect in these aspects that Nabi Islam is saying that this is what tremendously raises a person's darajat. What are these three simple things? It's ta'am, feeding. No qualification of how much, and to how many people, whatever a person can manage. He can manage feeding one person, feeding one person one morsel, whatever he can, whenever he can. But feeding. There are people who are, we might have overeaten, there are people who haven't eaten for the whole day. So to have this consciousness and to do what we can, not necessarily a person who is only starving, anyone. That reward of feeding is darajat, is for anyone. Salasun darajat, it's amut ta'am feeding 
and this is among the special virtues of Hajj. Can you imagine that that Amal which is one of the pillars of Islam and first only once in a lifetime only on the person who can afford it. And among the very special virtues of Hajj that make it mabroor, make it that virtuous Hajj, one of those aspects is Ta'am feeding. And the second aspect is also a part of that Hajjul Mabroor, which Nabi Salaam here says, this is part of the Darajat, Ifshaus Salam. Making Salam common. This is something somehow is dying out. People are feeling shy to make Salam to one another. They're feeling shy to make Salam in their own home. Person walking in the house doesn't make Salam. Walking out of the house, he doesn't make Salam. And sometimes ask the person, but why you don't make salam? He says, no, I don't know, I just feel shy a little bit. Subhanallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it a dua, has made it a means of barakat. Tahiyyatan min indillahi mubarakatan tayyiba. Iza dakhaltum buyutan fasallimu ala anfusikum. When you enter your homes, make salam. It's a greeting from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, filled with barakat. Now a person is saying shy to make salam. Nabi Salaam would make salam even to the children. He'll make salam to anyone. He would be the one to initiate that salam. And this initiating of salam has such an effect in it that it will become a means of cleansing one of the atom bombs in the heart. One of the cancers. Al-Badi ubis salam bari ummin al-kibr. Nabi Salaam says the one who keeps initiating salam. He's the first. Everyone. Whether he knows the person, doesn't know him, he can see he's a, my Muslim brother. Whether I know him, don't know his name, what it matters. I can see my Muslim brother. So he initiates the salam. He's the first to make salam. This will cleanse out the pride from the heart. That pride regarding which Nabi Salaam says, person with that one mustard seed extent of pride also can't enter Jannah. One extent of one mustard seed. Pride to that extent will become a barrier from Jannah and this making salam and initiating salam this will cleanse out the heart in continuing doing this it will cleanse out the heart if ta'amu ta'am wa ifshaw salam wa salatu bil layli wa nasu niyam from salah at night people are sleeping this is a means of a person's darajat and position getting raised tremendously in the court of Allah Ta'ala person gets the tawfiq of waking up in the last part of the night making shurakat of tahajjud that is the great na'mat of Allah Ta'ala if that is not something within a person's capacity especially in the summer months he's not managing to do that the least is before going to bed make shurakat nafil with the niyat of qiyamul layl or very least is after the isha salah after the two sunnats make another two nafil with the niyat of qiyamul layl that's the very least he'll still get the reward of the salah of the night He'll be counted among those people. Though this cannot compare to the salah at the last part of the night. But he's also there. He's also included to some point. So what a simple amal. Doesn't take anything away from us. Hardly any time spent. Hardly any effort. So simple. And to deprive ourselves of this, this would be indeed a very great deprivation. So these very simple aspects that have been mentioned, but very deep, very great, rewarding aspects, just to quickly recap all these aspects so that we, inshallah, keep it in mind. The first thing Nabi Salaam mentioned, the three things that are very destructive. 
one is greed the other is the desires haram desires and the third aspect was the <laughs> and thinking great of a person himself person thinking I am somebody I am something this becomes very destructive and the three things that become a means of salvation justice in all conditions happiness anger but a person is just the other was moderation whether in poverty or prosperity this aspect of moderation all conditions and the third aspect that was mentioned the and fearing Allah ta'ala whether in public or whether in privacy in all conditions the person fears Allah ta'ala this is, these are the things that will bring the person salvation and then the three things that are kafarat that will become a means of compensating for a person's sins the three things that we mentioned one was that a person waits for one salah after the salah that has been performed intizaru salati ba'da salah performing a perfect wudu proper wudu and walking to the masjid and the last aspect that was mentioned the three things that will give a person tremendous darajat feeding making salam common if shaw salam and performing salah in the night Allah ta'ala give us the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah It's important in the Hadith Sharif that the person recites La ilaha illallah a hundred times daily. Allah will make his face shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation, Allah will give him the topic of righteous actions and save him from sin. And this will become the means of this great honor on the day of Qiyamah. We should try to do this daily, inshallah, a hundred times. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim naiman abada Ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Bima huwa ahnu La ilaha illallah 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 
محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله يا ربي صل وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم ربنا غلبنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إذن اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا هبا إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحب الراحمين يا أرحب الراحمين يا أرحب الراحمين ربنا غلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان وجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم أصلح لنا شأننا كله اللهم أصلح لنا شأننا كله ولا تكلنا إلى أنفسنا طرفة عين ولا تنزع منا صالح ما أعطيتنا إله العالمين يا الله most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله forgive us يا الله forgive all our major and minor sins يا الله يا الله forgive the sins of the day and night يا الله forgive what we did deliberately and mistakenly يا الله يا الله you protect us and save us يا الله يا الله we are in this very very يا الله trying times يا الله يا الله فتنة والفساد is all around يا الله only with your protection can we be saved يا الله يا الله you protect us and save us يا الله save our families يا الله Save our friends and relatives, Ya Allah. Save the entire Ummah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alamin, show your maghfirat on the Ummah, Ya Allah. Show your rahmat on the Ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the pain and suffering of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Blow the winds of Hidayah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. You save us and the entire Ummah from such a'mal that bring down azab, Ya Allah. Grant us and the entire Ummah the tawfiq of those a'mal that bring down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, give us steadfastness on deen, Ya Allah. Grant us istiqamat on iman, Ya Allah. Grant us istiqamat on a'mal, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, give us a tawfiq of performing our five times salah with jama'ah, Ya Allah. Grant us khushu and khudu in our salah, Ya Allah. Grant us such a salah with which you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, make us among those who, Ya Allah, await one salah after the other, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, you make us among those who perform the perfect wudu, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, you make us those, Ya Allah, who fulfill all the things that will give us salvation, Ya Allah. Save us from all the things that are destructive for us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, you grant us all that darajat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, you save us and protect us, Ya Allah. You guide us to your pleasure at all times, Ya Allah. You protect our iman, Ya Allah. Protect our iman, Ya Allah. Protect our iman, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, protect the iman of our families, Ya Allah. Protect the iman of our progenies till Qiyamah, Ya Allah. Protect the iman of every ummati of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alamin, give us the consciousness of how great this wealth is, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, put the reality of this iman in our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the eyes, Ya Allah. 
the sins of the tongue and ears, Ya Allah, from the sins of the hands and feet, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, purify our hearts of every sin, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts from all the evil and filth, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, this is your, Ya Allah, the heart that was supposed to be filled with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, but we filled it with all the filth and dirt and muck, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, forgive this great sin that we committed, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Fill our hearts with the love of his Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Deen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of the A'mal of Deen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of the efforts of Deen, Ya Allah. Accept us in our progeny till Qiyamah for the khidmat of Deen, Ya Allah. With ikhlas and afiyat, Ya Allah. With qabooliyat, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. All those that seek give them shifaya kamila, adila, mustamirra, daima. Ilahul Alamin, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, those who are in financial difficulties, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant us halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Save us from every drop and grain of haram, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, those who are in any kind of hardship and difficulties, Ya Allah. Remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, all those who have passed away, Ya Allah. Make the complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Grant them the high stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, our time is coming also, Ya Allah. We have no idea when the... Angel of death will face us, Ya Allah. Will be there to take our soul away, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you can only protect us at that time, Ya Allah. Nobody else can help us at that time, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you protect us, Ya Allah. You assist us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you take us with Iman, Ya Allah. You raise us with Iman, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on Iman al-Kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on Tawbat al-Nasuh, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make our qabr's gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, give us Jannah al-Firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all the efforts of deen accept it, Ya Allah. Make it a means of hidayat, Ya Allah. Make it a means of, Ya Allah, your servant getting connected to you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us our complete Islam and tastiyah with afiyat, Ya Allah. Cleanse us from all the evil qualities, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with all the noble qualities, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all those who ask us to make dua for them, all those who have raised their hands to this dua, Ya Allah, those who have, Ya Allah, desired we should make dua for them, Ya Allah, you grant each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah, fulfill each one's jayas needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah, remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alameen, grant each one the tawfiq of every good, Ya Allah, protect each one from every evil and sin, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, all the good that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam begged for, Ya Allah, you grant us that, Ya Allah, whatever Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sought refuge from, Ya Allah, you protect us as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wa na'udhu bika min sharri ma sa'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag, ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله